This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I'm the pastor of Elevation Church, and this is our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so we can get you these new sermons every week. I hope you're blessed today. Hey, let's welcome our EFAM all around the world. Welcome wherever you're joining us from today. We welcome you. Put it in the comments where you're joining us from. I want to pick up and tag team right with Holly, right with what my wife shared last week. I've been thinking about it all week. Y'all be seated now, and I'm going to pick up from the scripture that she shared beautifully from last week. Didn't you think that was a beautiful word that my wife shared last week? We've been talking about this. When we were talking about it, I said, Holly, I think that you wrote this scripture, not David, because <laughs> I really see her live this out. And it was just such a joy to hear her share that message. We, we kind of ended up doing a trilogy on trusting in God. Uh, we did the first week was ugly trust. It doesn't always look pretty. And thank God he doesn't need you to pray a pretty prayer to give you an answer. Then I preached about delayed praise. And then she got up here and preached the house down on sudden strength. Just um, to continue in the flow where she left off, and the scripture that we have been talking about a lot is in 1 Chronicles 28. And it's a really powerful promise from God and a principle. And I want to be very simple today, if that's all right. And not dumb it down, but really bring it right there into the, the doing of this word in a way that can develop your faith. In First Chronicles 28, verse 10, this is where David tells his son Solomon, Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as the sanctuary. 
Be strong and do the work. Everybody say that. Be strong and do the work. Look at your neighbor. Say, be strong and do the work. Verse 11, then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. He gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord, and all the surrounding rooms for the treasuries of the temple of God, and for the treasuries of the dedicated things. Verse 10, consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as the sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. I'd like to talk to you today from this thought and just let you know it works in reverse. That's what the Lord told me to tell you today. It works in reverse. Be strong and do the work. It works in reverse. Now, as wonderful as my wife is, you're like, what comes next after that that doesn't end with you having a bad afternoon, Pastor? Just hear me out. Sometimes when she's telling me about a conversation she had, she uses this phrase that lets me know that she is slightly exaggerating it, not because she's a liar, but because she's telling me what she thought, but she's communicating it like she actually said it. And here's how I can know that's happening. She'll say, and I was like, and then she'll start saying stuff. Put that in the chat real quick. I was like, because when she says that phrase, it usually is followed by something that I know she would never say. You know, I ran into so and so at the school, and do you know they had the nerve to say to me, boom, boom, boom? And I was like, boom, 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 boom. And she goes off, but I know her. She's not confrontational like that. She's like, whatever the opposite of that person is on the Enneagram, she's like the other extreme of that. All right, I still don't remember the Enneagram numbers that she gave me one time to tell me who I was and who she was, but she'll, she'll go into this whole thing and she'll be telling them, like telling them off. Like, you know, they, they said, uh, well, where were, where, you know, they said, well, this and that. And I was like, and when she gets finished with them, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you said that. And one time she looks back and she's like, no, but I was like that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Look at your neighbor say, I was like that. You know how in church when we get to preaching real good, you're like that. I trust in God. Ha! My Savior, the one. Ha! Like that. That's why I trust him. I'm like that. I'm like David with a smooth stone taking out Goliath right there on your forehead, giant. It's like that. This uncircumcised Philistine will fall. 3.13 p.m. today, 
you know, you might you might be like something else. All right. So you're gonna do me like that today in church? Just be real fake, real plastic today. Um, I think that idea that we get a picture in our head. In Holly's instance, it's what we want to say in a moment, but we can't. It's the perfect comeback that we think of three weeks later. <laughs> you know, it happened in Target, and then you thought of what you wanted to say. Hey, you ever woke up in the middle of the night thinking of what you wish you would have said to somebody, but it's too late? Because now if you bring it back up, you're just going to look petty because it's weird now. You just call them randomly, and I was like, So I think we get pictures in our head of what we want our life to look like, what we want to be like under pressure, or the way we want our kids' childhood to feel like. I want it to feel like that. You know, and you even see stuff on TV. I had to quit watching This Is Us for a little while when it was on because I can't say it like I really want to say it. Because y'all are real super sanctified today, and I can't figure out what happened to you, but but it was for me. I told somebody one time that it was emotionally like I said it was not as a bad show. It's a great I like the show and all of that. It's a great show, but sometimes it it's almost like pornographic because everybody is doing exactly what you wish your best self like they have these speeches and the speeches are just so amazing and you're like yes that's how i want to explain my feelings yes that's yes i want to be more like jack not what would jesus do what would jack do if you saw the show you know what i'm talking about and he gave his life too jack did go watch the show but i had to pause it for a little while cuz it made me feel bad cuz I'd be like, oh, I want to I wanna be there for my kids like that. I want to make beautiful moments like that, but mostly I'm just annoyed and grumpy, and that's probably what they're going to remember is me just being like, hey. And Then you watch them, and it's like, oh, I want to be like that. When Holly was preaching last week, be strong and do the work, we kept talking about it all week, and we realized that when you hear sermons from God's Word, be strong and do the work. You really do want to be like that, where you, yeah, where, where you don't stress out over stupid stuff, but you pray about things. You, you really do want to be like that. At least that's my core belief. I believe that everybody who has the Spirit of God has the desire of God and really wants to do these things. In your life, and yet sometimes you're like Holly, where you're like, I didn't do that, but I was like that. Like that's 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 what I'm gonna be like one day. And so there is this sense, how oh, I feel the Holy Spirit, that you can get from time to time that this isn't working. You know, I'm committing to this path of progress. I'm trying this new way of relating to people. I'm trying to smile at people more. They don't smile back. This isn't working. I'm just going to go back to I'm going to go back to my you know how I say it. RBF is resting blessed face in my vernacular. And there's a sense in which you can get discouraged. 
the Lord said for me to tell you today that it's working, but to let you in on this little secret, it works in reverse. When David was giving Solomon the plans for the temple, you have to understand that this was not his preference. He would have wanted to and actually prayed to and thought for a little while that he would get to build the temple himself for God, possibly to atone for the mistake that he made. We call it a mistake. It was really a grievous sin, what he did with Bathsheba, and he had her husband murdered on the front lines of battle. He spent his later years writing psalms and planning this very uh, elaborate place for God to dwell. He did that. But as he's nearing the end of his life, like we read just now in 1 Chronicles 28, he calls Solomon and says, The Lord showed me how this temple is to be built. I'm not going to get to do it because God chose you to do it. But I'm going to give you the plans for it. Make sure you build it like that. God showed me specifically what this temple was to look like. Don't cut corners. Don't take shortcuts. Don't be lazy about it. Don't deviate from the blueprint. God showed me what to build, and he put it in my mind. But it's going to, it's going to be from David's mind to Solomon's hand. He's going to show him what to build exactly to the dimensions. And I mean, man, it gets specific. And, and I often wish God would give me more specifics, don't you? Just write it out for me, dear Lord. Show me the way. Guide me on the path and tell me where to turn, and I'll do it. But you know, the truth is, I wouldn't do it. I mean, he did tell me a lot of stuff to do that I'm already not doing. There's no reason for me to think if he told me exactly what to do in every other area, I'd just start doing it. He already told me do everything without complaining. I'm doing pretty bad at that. So I'm like, no, God, something else. Show me specifically what else to do. Where to invest my money? Show me that. What real estate to buy? Show me that. I want you to show me and guide me like that. Well, if you hear this first part of the sermon and then you have to leave, you would have gotten a lot. Because the thing that the Lord says to Solomon through David, and you know, it's it's hard for us to believe that God feels this way about us, but I want to put it right there in your I want to put it right there in your uh, in your heart today. Verse 10. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you. There's a lot I don't know, church. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know who the Antichrist is. I, there's a lot I don't know about the future, my future, your future. There's a lot I don't know in this Bible, but I know I'm chosen. I know that. I know that God chose me to speak this word to you today. I know that. I know that. And I don't believe that you can fully know what you were chosen for as you're going through it, but you can start from the belief, if you choose to, that God has chosen you. 
you will need to understand that God does not choose like people choose. God does not judge. Remember how he chose David? He said that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So when God chose David, he wasn't looking for how tall he was. When God chose David, he wasn't looking for how much ability he had, even though he had great ability that he grew into. Yet when it comes to heaven, he never starts with our ability. But one preacher said, our availability. And that means, whoa, waking y'all up. That means that he doesn't call the qualified, rather, he qualifies the called. For those he has called, he will resource for everything that he has chosen them to do. Somebody shout, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. And that ought to make you feel good in your bones just to know that God chose you. Not only this, but the God who is eternal, who lives outside of time and space, when he was looking for somewhere to live, guess where he said he wanted to dwell? Not in a temple built by human hands, but he said, I want to come and live inside of you. I'm chosen. God walked around the whole neighborhood, and he said, I want that house. God looked all around. He, he, was, he was very, very choosy, see, because he had to be, because there is a very specific assignment that God has for your life, and he chose you to do it. Now, if you don't get what I just said, you will struggle with the rest of what I say, because most of us would think that while Solomon was chosen, there is nothing significant about us. While the temple of the Lord is filled with splendor and majesty and onyx and stones and precious rubies and things like that, we look at our lives and we see that we are made of clay. We are vessels that are scooped up out of the dirt into which he breathed the breath of life, but God said, stop apologizing for the simplicity of the temple of your life and let him fill what he built with what he wants to fill it with. You are chosen. Touch your neighbor and say, you're chosen. Tell him a little more convincingly, because honestly, you sounded a little bit uncertain about that. But God's not unsure about it. God is not confused about it. You might be confused about it. You might look at your life and see it as insignificant. God doesn't. In fact, I would, I would just put in here whatever you need to put in here. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as the sanctuary, but I can do better. God has chosen you to be a house as the sanctuary. Why is this so good to me? I just love the word. Maybe I need to be reminded of it today. Maybe I just need to walk through my house saying I'm chosen. Maybe it's more than a TV show title. Maybe it's more than 12 disciples chosen. Maybe it is a new operating system and a framework from which I need to come at every challenge in my life, knowing that if he gave me the challenge, he chose me before he gave me the challenge. That's why I can fight Goliath. Before this challenge showed up, I was chosen to go for it. I was chosen to fight through it. I was chosen to do it. 
And the Lord showed me in my prayer time that you don't feel that way a lot of times, and that's okay, because God shows you what you are chosen for as you go forward. It works in reverse. Be strong and do the work. Be strong and do the work. How do you hear that? Do you hear be strong as a condition like, you know, I, I, I need to be strong. And do you hear do the work as a command? I need to do the work. And, and the problem, if you hear it that way, if you do hear it that way, maybe you don't, but that's probably how I would hear it, because that's how he said it. Be strong and do the work. Is that sometimes I don't feel like I meet the condition, be strong, to follow that command, do the work. In other words, I feel overwhelmed by it. I feel like the work that is in front of me is greater than the power that is within me. So I said I wanted to keep this simple, and I don't know how to keep it any more simple than to put it on a poster. Holly said she was going to put it on a coffee mug and a sweatshirt. I didn't have time to do either of those, so I just had to make some posters last night. Y'all bring me my posters real quick, because I was thinking, everybody shout, be strong. Everybody shout, do the work. Now, I'm going to need your enthusiasm. Thank you. I appreciate you. That dude's been faithful in this house. I appreciate him. Y'all give it up. Shout, be strong. Shout it, say, be strong. Shout it like you need to get another rep. Say, be strong. You got this. You can lift this. You can make this. You can do it. If I take it, here you go, chunks. Take this one. Be strong. Find somebody in the church. Just walk around till you find them that looks strong. I mean a big old guy, not like they're a prayer warrior. I mean like I'm talking like physically strong, big and strong. Just walk around for a minute. Chunks, look at me. Somebody that you wouldn't mind looking like. All right? I just qualify it like that. He's gonna he's gonna find somebody while I'm talking. Everybody shout do the work. Who's somebody in the house? I'm gonna let you choose yourself that you you want to work out more getting ready for the summer. You've been saying, okay, you want, you want to do it? Do you want to do it? I don't know. See, here's the way this works. When God chooses people, he knows who he's choosing. I don't know you. So should I choose him for this illustration? I'm, I'm going to come over here. I don't know him. All right, over here. Anybody? You, you know what? Because you got a tie-dye shirt on, I'm going to use you. I just think you look handsome. Hurry up, hurry up. We got to get this done. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Did you find somebody, Chunks? Is he big and strong? He's big and strong. All right, you come up. Yeah. Oh, you don't know what I'm going to make you do. I saw you doing some calisthenics. Come on up, come on up. All right. Now, I'm not saying that one of you looks better than the other. Y'all identified yourselves as you said you wanted to work out more. So let's do this real quick. Um, come here. Uh, come here. Uh, stand here. Uh, yeah, that's the verse, right? 
Be strong. Do the work. I'm sorry, you volunteered, remember? I was on the whole other side of the church, and you were calling me, choose me, pastor. Okay. You got what you wanted, tie-dye. But you already look, you already look good, I'm going to be honest with you. To me, you look good. I want to show you something that the Lord showed me. He showed me that be strong is what everybody wants to look like. Would you have wore short sleeves if you'd have known this illustration was coming today? You had no idea. He said, I would have worn a tank top. <laughs> you would have got a pump, too, wouldn't you? You didn't need one. You look great. Okay, so be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Everybody say, do the work. Now, be honest real quick and say, but I'm not strong. And how many of you have felt that way in an area of your life this week? Like, but it, it could just be a, a simple feeling. You may not have said that, but it may be the way that you felt. So what the Lord was showing me as I was studying this, Holly, is that we think that this is the condition to follow this command. So in moments where we feel strong, we do strong stuff. In moments where we feel solid, we show up consistently and committedly. Is committedly a word? It is today. <laughs> and then the command, do the work, becomes dependent on the feeling of our strength. And see, that's fine for people who live by their feelings, but you're not one of them. That's fine for people who aren't chosen, but you're not one of them. That's fine for people who have nothing important to do with their lives, but you're not one of them. For you're a child of the king. For he's given you a temple to build. For he's given you an assignment to complete. For he has given you a testimony. You feeling this? I'm feeling this. Standing between the two of y'all right now. I'm feeling strong as I preach, but I don't always feel strong. But sometimes I have to do stuff that strong people do when I don't feel stuff that strong people feel. So the Lord was showing me, you got this thing backwards, Furtick. You still don't understand faith. You think that faith is when you feel a certain way, you can do a certain thing. You think that faith is when you get details, then you can follow God in obedience. But the Lord said it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. In fact, it works in reverse. So you keep saying, when I get stronger, when I get clearer, when I get older, when I get better, when I get richer, when I get through this, when I get done with this, when I get finished. But God said, I'm not telling you to do the work when you feel strong. I'm telling you, switch places. It works in reverse. Help me, Holy Ghost. God said, I see you feeling weak, but you keep waiting on strength. But it doesn't work that way in the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, if you want to be strong, you've got to do the work. So how do I get up out of this pitiful situation? How do I look 
like that. I want to look like that. I want to function like that. I want a big back like that. Well, God says, if you want to be strong, you got to do the work. And if you do the work, you'll be strong. And if you'll be strong, you can do the work. And that's why I brought you to church today. Because I got you in the gym today. Because I want to fill you with the spirit of Jesus today. And resurrection power of God flowing through your body so you get big and strong. And build your temple. That's what Holly taught y'all last week. Give somebody a high five and say, do the work. Do the work and you'll get strong. I'll feel like worshiping. Worship him and you'll feel him. Call him till he comes. Call him till he comes. Call him till he comes. Jesus! Son of David! Have mercy! That's what praise is. Praise brings power. Do the work. Do the work. All right, so so you want to look like that? You know, they, I, I, I found the devil. I found the devil. I found out where the devil lives. God lives inside of us. How many believe that? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God lives inside of I know where the devil lives. The devil lives in YouTube shorts. I found him. I thought I deleted every bad app on my phone. But the YouTube shorts gets me. Because somehow, my algorithm, it's only showing me right now preaching clips, guitar solos from the 1980s, and workout videos. And all the workout videos are clickbait. It'll say, the only shoulder exercise you ever need to look like this. And I clicked on it. And I saw how the man looked, and I was like, oh, I want to look like that. That's how I want my shoulders to look. Yeah, like that. Like that. I look like that. So God gave me a question. He said, you want to look like that? Do you want to lift like that? Because that guy, when I watched what he was doing, yeah, it's the only shoulder exercise that you'll ever need, but he was doing it with five times my body weight. He looked like he was about to die. So I clicked off. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to look like that. I don't want to lift like that. They don't want me to preach this part. Because all we want to hear is, the Lord has chosen you to be strong. Or, or we want to hear, okay, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. But a lot of times, what we resist the most, have you noticed this? Is the work. And this is the principle, okay? The strength that you want is on the other side of the weakness that you are willing to work through. Thank you. I appreciate y'all can keep those. I might call you back up next week. I might call you up next week. Now, let's let's sit down and talk about this for a moment. Are you getting something out of this? 
when we preach the word of God to you, it works. It works. The word of God will work in your life. Don't tell me it won't. You're arguing with the wrong dude. I know too much about it. I've experienced it. You may as well try to tell me Holly can't cook. I've had too much of her food. You can't convince me that God's word doesn't work. I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Do you know how much doubt I had about what I stood up to preach to you today? Zero. Because it's working for me. I would feel sorry for a preacher who got up and was just trying stuff out. I hope this is a good sermon. I don't hope this is a good sermon. This sermon has been inside of me, working in me. I mean, when I tell you me and Holly are tag team, and we talked all week about this, what kind of work has God called you to do? And where is the line between us trying to work to earn our own salvation versus accepting the grace of God? Because people will try to make them opposites, and they're not opposites. The more grace you get from God for your situation, the more stable you're going to be to show up for it and fight the good fight of faith. So these are not opposites. The grace of God comes in order to grow me into the person that God has called me to be. And that is why God does not start with who you are right now. He starts with what he chose you to do, what he called you to do. God does not start with your experience level. God works in reverse. So God knows what you need to build, whether that's a business, whether that's a family, whether that's a discipline, whether that's a habit pattern. God knows what you need to build, and nobody else can build it because he chose you to build it. And if you don't do it, it won't get done. Oh, you say, well, God will do it through somebody else. He will do it through someone else, but there will be a great loss in the process of you not choosing to do what God called you to do. That's why I holler. That's why I scream. Because do you really think that there aren't people listening to me today who feel so abandoned and so small and so unchosen and so picked over and so unwanted and so rejected and so betrayed that even just to hear God chose you, God wants you, God sees you, God chose you, God wants you. God sees you. God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. You know why you like that so much when I said it? Because it's a Bible verse. 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Say it again. God chose. That's what we started out saying, right? Is that God chose Solomon. Who was Solomon? He was the son that David would have never chosen to build the temple. David would have chosen his son Absalom. God chose Solomon. Anybody want to take a guess when David made the biggest mistake of his life? And slept with Bathsheba, and the child born was died, and he went back and had another child. Anybody want to guess what the name of the child was that he had after his greatest mistake? 
Yeah. I thank you for having the boldness to say that because I think everybody else in the church was like, it must be a setup because can't, it can't be Solomon. God, there's because there's no way, right? Who said it? Who said it out loud? How, how could it be Solomon? He's inexperienced. He was the product of a bad decision that David made. How could God use the weak thing to build the glorious thing? And you might be wondering that about your life today. And maybe that's why God gave me this word for you, so you could know that people build on your successes. People choose according to your wisdom. But with God, it works in reverse. I want you to get that in your spirit, that it works in reverse, that God does not choose the moments when you feel the strongest to show up the most in your life. I'm a living witness. It is the moments when you are working through the weakness, whatever it may be. Some of you got a temper. Some of you got an addiction to something that is chemical in nature. It could even just be food. It could be an addiction to bitterness. I mean, there's all kinds of addictions. Do I really need to list every single one of them? Because I promise I will. I will go in alphabetical order till I hit everybody on every row. Oh, no, I'm not addicted to anything. Just let me get to see you, control freak. And if I get to the P's, I'll talk about your pride for saying you don't have any addictions. We will rattle them off. And the good news of the gospel to me is that God chose the weak things. When you put it on the coffee mug, Holly, put it where it can go both ways, where you turn it around. So when I'm drinking my coffee in the morning after next Mother's Day, I could picture it right now. Because I promise you one thing, I am not strong without coffee. So I know I need caffeine. I need Christ, I need caffeine, but I usually need them in the opposite order. It's usually the caffeine, then the Christ, because I can't find Christ without the caffeine. I am confessing in front of thousands. Make sure when you turn the mug around, it says, be strong, do the work, but make sure it's on two sides so we can remember this message where we can say, oh, I don't feel strong. How am I going to be strong? Is this too simple? Do you all want me to give you a detailed explanation of the dimensions of the temple that Solomon built and the type of bronze that was imported for him to do it from the king of Hiram and the dimensions of the inner courtyard and the outer courtyard and the lampstands and the incense? Is that what you want? I think the deepest thing we can do with a word from God is to do it. I'm, um, I'm preaching a lot from the Old Testament this year because I'm having a very special time with my own family reading through the Old Testament chapter by chapter with Elijah, my oldest son. He was going through the Bible, and I've told you this, but I want to tell you again because the Holy Spirit brought it to my attention, where he, he had the great idea to go through the Bible slow. and He's like, I don't want to just rush through it. I want to go slow. So him and Kelsey were reading, and then I jumped in and kind of like invited myself to the group and uh, started giving them a key verse every day. Now, the reason I chose the key verse principle is because sometimes you can just read a scripture or hear a sermon and, and go, oh, that's good. It's like that, that YouTube short. 
the only Bible verse you ever need to have big shoulders for the Lord, to have a strong spirit, to be worry-free and anxiety-free. And I, I love all these YouTube shorts. I, of course, put content on them. That's not my point. My point is I never got stronger because of something I clicked on. I've gotten a lot stronger in my adult life because I work hard at that physically, but never because I clicked on something. It was always something that I did. I might click on it to learn something, but until I did it… Now, this sermon could be something that you click on today. It could be something that you click on and go, oh, well, that's, that's really uh, good and true, and um, be strong and, and do the work. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. But go over to James chapter 1, because this is why I do the key verse principle with my family. And, and I think it would be a wonderful thing for us to go over as a church together. In the book of James, he's making the case that faith without works is dead. He is not saying that the grace of God and the blood of Jesus is not enough to cover your sin. But he's saying if you come to the place where you hear the word, in fact, he gives an analogy. He says, What verse did I start y'all on? 21? Give me that. James 1 21. Yeah. He says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. I love that phrase. In the King James, it talks about superfluous naughtiness. <laughs> Look it up sometimes. The Bible is awesome. You can click around all the translations. But clicking to a different translation won't save you, will it? Clicking around or highlighting stuff, like that is wonderful. It is wonderful that you are hearing this word. The word of God is wonderful. But this is a process that James says. He says there is a getting rid of moral filth. This is a very specific thing he's talking about here. He's talking about everything that surrounds you, everything that is, that is covering the true potential of the Christ in you. All of that has to go. Put it back up. And Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now that's interesting because it doesn't say it will save you. It says it can. This word can help you today. This word can set you free today. God's presence can touch you today. God can get into your situation and show you stuff that you don't know. He can put in your mind what only his spirit knows. He can. But this is not in the category of the salvation that you get when you come to Christ. This is salvation from yourself. So he says the only way to be saved from your self-deception is to humbly accept the word that is planted where? Where? So you've got all this moral filth where? Around you. And you've got this word from God planted in you. Somebody help me. I need three Pentecostals. Just three. Just three. I don't need a lot. I need three. So now I understand that I've had it backwards. 
because I've been too controlled by my environment, because I've been too controlled by my surroundings, because I've been too controlled by cultural programming, because I've been too, too controlled by thoughts that didn't even come from God, because I've been too controlled by what I see, what I feel, what I think, what I knew up to this point. That's what's around me. But when what is around me contradicts the word that is planted in me, God says, we've got to get this thing switched up. Because the word that is in you has potential to save you. But with God, it works in reverse. See, most people live this way. Whatever happens on the outside, they react to it. Whatever happens on the outside, they move to it. Whatever happens on the outside, they dance with it. Whatever happens on the outside, they surrender to it. Whatever happens on the outside, that's what they consult for their next step in life. Not you. You're chosen. So you do it different because in the kingdom of God, it works in reverse. Say it. It works in reverse. So I don't start with my situation to see how it's going to turn out because it works in reverse. I can be in a filthy situation, a naughty situation, a nasty situation, a grimy situation, a dark situation, a confusing situation. And if I walked according to the world, I'd be down about it and I'd be weak about it. And I think there was no hope in going forward and no cause to continue in it. But I don't walk according to what I see. I don't walk according to what I feel. And I don't walk according to who I've been to this point because I found out I'm chosen. I found out God is building a temple. I found out I am the temple of the Holy Spirit and it works in reverse. So in this season of my life, I'm getting rid of some things that are in the way of my relationship with God because it works in reverse. This is what I think it means to seek first the kingdom. I think it means you've turned the whole thing around. That you would say, I would rather have peace and be right with God than be popular with everybody else in the world. I'd rather have peace with Almighty God than have all the money in the world. Y'all feeling this yet? But see, I don't wait for you to feel it before I preach it. I'm going to preach it till you feel it because it works in reverse. That's how the word works. The word will feel weird when you hear it. It will call you a conqueror when you feel like a coward. It will call you a winner when you feel like a loser. It'll call you seated in heavenly places when you feel like you're at the bottom. But he chose the weak things to shame the strong. That's how it works, y'all. That's how it works. Touch three people say, that's how it works. That's how it works. Of course you don't feel strong. You're not working through your weakness. You're going to feel stronger when you sit there anyway. I talked to somebody the other day. They were like, I had this appointment. It was awkward. I walked out. I said, then you're going to be, you are going to be stumped at the level of your discomfort. 
because you can't sit in anything that makes you feel uncomfortable long enough to be developed. And I told him that to his face. And he received it. He said, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I said, I don't mean to preach to you. He said, no, preach to me, man. I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it. That's what he said. He said, I need it, I need it. I'm sick of being stuck. I'm sick of needing to feel a certain way to do a certain thing. I'm sick of coming to church and going like, oh, yeah, I want to live like that. I'm sick of clicking around YouTube videos and going, oh, yeah, I want to, I want to live like that. So when James comes along, he says something very simple in James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word. So I stopped there when I was studying this week. I'm like, Lord, that would be good if people would even just listen to it. I mean, they're doing pretty good just to listen to a sermon when there's so much other options. Why are you being so hard on them? They're listening to the word. But he showed me that when you listen and don't implement, it limits you that much more the next time you hear it. And it puts a lid on the potential that he's put inside of you. So the next thing becomes very, very integral to your spiritual development. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Elijah, where are you at, son? Yeah, thank you for that Bible club, and thank you for this. Every time he sends his key verse, because we pick a verse and we say, This is how I'm going to try to do this today, right? Every time he sends his key verse, it's so practical, and he's so smart. He's so analytical, always has been. He's, when he was like, Four years old, he was asking me questions that made me feel like I needed to go back to Bible college again. He's asking me stuff about God that God hasn't even asked about God. And yet, every time he does it, he puts it so simple. But at the end of his key verses, he'll always say, I hope this isn't too simple. Don't ever say sorry for keeping it simple. Because, like what you put the other day about David, where you said, Okay, I know this isn't probably the deepest application of the text. No, the deepest thing you could have found is what you found, because you found the thing that God was actually calling you to do. And I thought that was so powerful, because I'm like, That is what a disciple, and not that you're not that you're perfect or I'm perfect, or not that, oh, we're reading our Bible every day, so we're so great. But I love how I see you working the Word. Because here's what I know about God's word it works in reverse. God is giving him wisdom today for experiences he doesn't even know he's going to have yet. He's digging a well today every time he goes to the word and puts it into practice. Everybody say practice. Principles without practice are powerless. And every time he puts it into practice, let me show you what he is defying. I close with this image. Don't play the piano, LJ. 
closing, but I don't want it soft. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And listen, listen to this picture. Remember, when it comes to God's word, He gives us a picture of who He is, and we can't see it fully, but we see in part. And He gives us a picture of who we can be in Him. And He shows us the strength that we can have in Him, and the future that we can have in Him, and the way of life that we can know in Him, and the peace that we can have, and the joy that we can have. He gives us a picture. But watch what James says as a warning. He says, verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. Isn't that an interesting image? He says, he's like, looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be in what they do. Be strong. Do the work. What happens when you do the work? You be strong. Not perfect, but stronger. Not there, but closer. Not monastic, but maybe not going off on everybody. Not perfect, but blessed. And he said, it's like a mirror. The word God gives you is like a mirror. And it shows you who God is. And it shows you who you really are. And that's why something comes alive in you. When you hear God's word and it hits you in your spirit because it's going in you, and every label that has been slapped on you, even by your own words, when you get in the mirror of God's word, it begins to reverse every curse that has been spoken over your life. So when Holly was getting dressed the other day, she put on this, this hoodie for Can You Imagine? And she was looking at it in the mirror. And when she was looking at it, she said, is it backwards? And I said, yeah. And she said, but I'm confused. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it in the mirror. Because on this hoodie, can you see it? It's, it's backwards. But when you get in front of a mirror... What does a mirror do? It reflects back whatever stands in front of it, but the light makes it reflect back backwards. So God says, when you come in my presence,
When you receive a word from me, when you stand before heaven, you're not just looking at yourself. You are looking at your father who is perfect. Your father who spoke a word over your life before you were knit together. He knew you and I'm going to show you who you are in reverse. And everything in your life that does not match God's purpose, he's going to turn it around for his glory in this season. Shout if you believe it. Shout if you believe it. Shout online. He's turning it around, see. That's why I got to get with him. Because I'm surrounded by filth, but I don't want to become like what I'm surrounded by. I don't want to think like what I'm surrounded by. I don't want to speak like what I'm surrounded by. I want God to put his word on my life and show me in the mirror of his image what I'm really worth in his hands. And I'm working through some weaknesses like you are. But the strength that you want for your life and the strength you want to pass on to your generations and the strength you want your kids to see you walk in is through the stumbles that you recover from and keep moving forward believing that God is not against you. I reverse every religious spirit that has tried to tell you that God is ashamed of you. If he's ashamed of what he made, that means he made a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't qualify. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call, and he chose you. Now be strong and do the work. And if you do the work, remember, you're working with him. Yo-haw, I almost want to call this message Dirty Work to keep with our theme of two-word titles, Dirty Work. You want to look like that? Who doesn't? Man, this is so bad for your ego. I'm, I'm a little worried about you. You are, you are an example of the righteousness of Christ today in a Ralph Lauren shirt. I mean, that's just phenomenal. Thank you for helping me out. But I just wanted to know today is there a weakness that you're working through right now? And so you think, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm just, you know, this isn't working. I quit. The reminder of the scripture is that as you behold your God, he reflects to you backwards what you can become. And what you can become starts with who he is. Everything that God has in your life is in seed form right now. It is surrounded by dirt, superfluous naughtiness. But that's okay because God does dirty work. Please believe me when I say that. You've got to do it dirty too. On the days you don't feel like it, on the days where everything in you is telling you not to, the strength, what did you say last week? The strength you need for tomorrow is in the work you do today. 
God is working in weakness. That's how he works. He works in reverse. He works in reverse. And sometimes he sees you struggling, and he wants to help you, but you won't let him. What was your first job, Jay? You remember? You work in security? Were you like 12 years old, eating spinach, taking steroids, working security? I don't want to look like you, Jay. That was your first job? Listen, I don't think anybody in the room had a crazier first job than me. When I was 14, I worked for Pet Rest Cemetery and Cremation Service. That was my first job. And it was a cool job, too, because not only did I get to send pets into the afterlife with dignity, the Lord was preparing me to preach. I just had to start with lesser animals in the, in the kingdom. Well, then the coolest thing about the job was it came with, get ready, it came with a pager. Came with a pager. And so on the nights where I would need to go cremate the dogs, and why are y'all looking at me like I killed them? This was a service people hired us to do. It was good work. I loved the job. I appreciated the job. And I liked the pager too, because it looks so cool, weird on the outside of my pocket. And people are like, what do you do for money? I'm, Don't worry about it. It involves freezers. But the, uh, the worst part about that job was in the middle of the summer when a lot of dogs would die from heat exhaustion. It's obviously sad, but even worse than that, it was so hot in the low country of South Carolina. And I would never wake up early to go dig the graves because I had to dig the graves too. And I had to do it by hand. And this dirt in the low country, it is not like friendly dirt that's just waiting to be dug. This is like clay. So I would go out there in the middle of the day and, uh, true story, pickaxe and a shovel and a little riding lawnmower, a little trailer, and I'll break up the dirt and dig the graves. One day I was out there. It must have been uh, 115 degree in the low country that day. I was dying, but I had to get it done by 4 o'clock. I'm out there just killing myself. All of a sudden, now I need to set this up for you. The pet cemetery was right next to a people cemetery. Just right there, you could see it. At the people cemetery, they had better equipment than at the pet cemetery. And I would always watch this guy named Charles. He would dig the graves over there with a big, heavy machinery, like a backhoe. And I would always lust after that while I was out there. But one glad day, while I was, I'm, I'm literally out there going like, man, I should have made Eric come with me today. This is horrible. This sucks. I hate my life. I think about throwing my pager in that grave and jumping in there with the dog. And I'm out there. But here comes, here comes Charles on the backhoe, and he's coming over. And I'm like, no way. No way. This is what I've always imagined. He pulls up. He doesn't even say anything. 
I just step aside. He doesn't even say anything. He just starts moving stuff. 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 Yeah, he just starts moving stuff. 20 minutes later, we had a hole. What did I do? I stood there and pretended to be helping. I just stood there just and just prayed that he wouldn't leave. Just stay, Charles. Just stay, Charles. Ooh, thank you, Charles. Hallelujah, Charles. I love you, Charles. Charles is a big guy, too. He was short, but he was stout. Charles is on that, but he didn't need those muscles because he had something that I didn't have before he showed up, and he just started digging. And I'm telling you, 20 minutes later, we were done. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm about to go get lunch. I'm about to go get Taco Bell. I'm going to get some for me, some for Charles. We're going to have a picnic. I'm going to name my kid Charles. This is amazing. Thank you, Charles. This is the greatest gift that I've ever been given. What do I owe you? I thought he would want to cut, you know, 15% on the first grave. After each additional grave, 20%. I thought he was running a side hustle. Charles said, no, I don't want anything. I saw you struggling. I saw you sweating. I saw you out here doing everything that you could do with what you had. And I thought to myself, he could dig all day and not get this done. So I decided if he'll let me, I'm going to help him. I said, Charles, I will be the best letter that you've ever met in your life. I'm going to let you help me anytime you see me with this pickaxe. Pull up because I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Jesus, because you've got what I don't have, and you can do what I can't do, and you can give what I can't earn. And I hear God saying to somebody today, I'll make you strong. I'll give you hope. I'll breathe into your sails. I'll make it happen. I'll blow the door off the hinges. I'll come in and make a way through your sea. Give it praise if you believe it. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, make sure to share it and subscribe so we can get you all of these new messages as soon as they're available. I also want to take a moment and thank all of you who are a part of Elevation. Whether you support us financially or serve with us or just share these messages, it's because of you that we're able to reach people all around the world. And if you want more information on how to be a part of Elevation, click the link in the description. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to leave a review, share the message, and subscribe. God bless you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
we went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.